Listen, players. <laughs> You're listening to the Movement, Strength and Play podcast by the School of Calisthenics. Here are your hosts, Tim and Jacko. Thanks for tuning in to another Movement, Strength and Play podcast. You're not going to be disappointed this week. In fact, you're going to be relaxed. You're going to bathe in the blissful presence of Richie Bostock, the breath guy. I need to become a guy of something, Jacko. Everyone seems to be taking these Instagram handles up, but he is the breath guy. We're talking breathing, one of Jacko's most passionate subjects. It was good, wasn't it? It was good. It was, uh, I did the thing that I currently, currently my favourite thing to do at the moment is buy a book about breathing, read it, and if you enjoy it, which tends to be, is then reach out to the person on Instagram and see if you can get them on the podcast. And it's like, at the moment, I haven't been, I haven't had a, I haven't had a pushback. We've got everyone on so far, so I need to, um, yeah, keep reading new books and, and, and advise people on. But yeah, no, Richie Bostock, um, a fantastic, like, it covered, like, one of the things about his book, Exhale, is it covers, like, such a broad range of, uh, of breathing. And as you mentioned, as we go through into the, you'll hear uh, Tim talking about with him, um, the simplicity of how he breaks it down and makes it accessible and not this like sort of like hard thing to try and get your head around or difficult stuff to break breaks it down really simply uh, so i do recommend the book but obviously listen to the podcast first and uh, there is some nice stuff towards the end where he actually takes us through a little bit of a breathing practice uh, a couple of different exercises that they're really going to chew you out really going to enjoy and um recommend going through and just following through with that um, and join me and tim as as he talks you and us uh, through it. Now, that's an interesting thing, Jack. I'm going to give the listeners a little bit of insight. I have actually Ooh. edited the main part of the podcast, and during the breathing exercise, I have I've, I've made the executive decision without consulting you to cut out your heavy breathing because oh. I was listening to it and I was like, I can't, I can't deal with it. I'm one of the people who doesn't like to hear other people eating or breathing loudly. <sighs> Yeah, it was weird. It was like that. But if anybody's listening and they want a recording of Jacko heavy breathing, just let me know. I can send it through, no problem. It's about yeah, just two minutes worth enough. of of heavy breathing. Yeah, five, if that's your five, bag, five five ninety nine, something like that. Yeah, something like uh, free, free. <laughs> just if that's your free. bag, let me know. Um, and Jacko, I need to before we get into it, we need to tell them about the amazing sponsor of this week's podcast, Hemp Heroes. And this is a proper way to supersize the blissful enjoyment of Richie Bostock by thinking also about the blissful benefits of CBD products. Yeah, so we're, we're chilling with the Beth guy, but we can also relax and uh, chill out with um, with the hemp heroes. This is this type. This is something that we've been using for quite a while now. Really great for uh, that relaxation response. Fantastic before bed to help with sleep. It's uh, it's vegan. It's 100% organic. It's EU certified. It's it's all of the good things that you want from a CBD oil full spectrum. And uh, yeah, it's something that we've been using. A lot of you that listen to the podcast know we've been using it for quite a while now. And uh, yeah, we want to say thank you to the guys for sponsoring the podcast. Equally, give you a 10% discount with code SOC10. Gets you 10% off any and all of the amazing products with Embers. And they are bringing some new stuff out um, all the time. There's uh, there's some interesting uh, products-wise, but also some uh, scientific research at a UK university that I can't say too much about because it's sort of not been published yet, but I have seen it. And uh, yeah, they're pushing... Uh, they're pushing the boundaries of things in, in, in a good way. Um, and uh, yeah, it's something that we would recommend trying out and checking out. One thing we like is great products backed by scientific research. That ticks our boxes, Jacko. Um, right, without further ado, we, let's get into this. This week's podcast with Richie Bostock, the breath guy, not including Jacko's heavy breathing. Jacko? Is it, is it further ado or further... 
ado. I think it's a do. Further ado. Yeah. You I said you. Further ado. Do. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not the one. It's not School of English. Roll yeah. that jingle. This is normally this <laughs> this kind of level of interaction and banter is normally safe for the outro, Jacko. I don't know what you're doing. Ah. What are you thinking? Yeah. Sorry. I'll, I'll save a bit. Listen to the outro. The outro is really very very exciting. This one. But for now, roll the jingle. <laughs> So, Richie Bostock, a.k.a. The Breath Guy, welcome to the Movement, Strength and Play podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So nice to be here and chatting with you. Yeah, um, we're very excited to hear uh, hear from you. And, um, you know, as mentioned before we came on air, like the listeners have heard last year, we had Patrick McKeon from the Auction Advantage uh, on. So there, uh, the listeners are sort of uh, have an experience to some degree of uh, of breathwork, but the, you have a quite a wide range, wide spectrum of um, of breathing techniques that you use in your fantastic book Exhale, which I have a copy in front of me. Um, and I, I thought actually just to kick things right off, um, just before we go into a little bit of like your story, is um, your definition of breathwork um, that was relatively. I, I really, if you want to, you don't have to like read it out like word for word, but like <laughs> how you define it. I quite liked how it sort of was all encompassing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're so right. You know, I think there the, the word itself, breath work, can kind of be a little bit confusing. And I think a lot of people are sort of claiming it to be one thing or another. And maybe mm. certain schools are using it for saying that this is breath work, and then another uh, modality or organization saying no, this is breath work. So I like to I like to keep it quite universal. So I really just define it as any time that you become aware of your breathing and then start to change it to create some sort of physical, mental, or emotional benefit for yourself. So that's very, very broad. It can be as simple as learning how to breathe for a minute or two in reaction or in response to a stressful moment in your life to help you to calm down your nervous system. Or it can be, you know, lying on the ground with a breathwork facilitator and you know, doing deep, deep breathing techniques for an hour and a half, two hours, three hours, and having incredible healing or transcendental experiences and, and everything in between. So, you know, I always say the breath is like the Swiss army knife of the body. Uh, you know, there's so many different ways you can use it. So, you know, why try and restrict that word or, you know, to just one single use? Why don't we just say it's all breath work? Yeah, no, I love that. I love the, the Swiss Army knife. That's very, I might be stealing that. Obviously, we'll, yeah, all we'll yours. Quote, we'll, we'll quote you. We'll quote <laughs> you. Um, my dad loves the Swiss Army knife. Um, so, just uh, to introduce yourself to listeners, there might be, you know, a lot of people uh, will have followed you on Instagram. You do some fantastic um, breathwork sessions that people can join those on live. If you don't follow Richie on Instagram, I recommend you do check him out, The Breath Guy. Um, but just give yourself, give us a bit of a background and your story into, you have an interesting story that you talk about in your book about how you got into, into breathwork. And just in a bit of a nutshell for anyone that, you know, the one listener that doesn't know who Richie Bostock <laughs> is, give them that sort of, give, give them that headline. Oh, you're sweet. Thank you. Um, so I mean, yeah, you know, I don't think really anyone, uh, comes out of high school thinking that they're going to teach people how to breathe for a living. Um, I, I started my professional career in the corporate world and management consulting and did that for about six years, left that and 
uh, went to the world of tech startups and learned how to code and build apps and all that kind of cool stuff. But it was around that transition time of careers that uh, my family got some pretty bad news that my dad was diagnosed with MS, multiple mm. sclerosis. And so I was uh, always looking for ways to be able to help him. Um, for those of you who don't know what MS is, it's an autoimmune disease. And like all autoimmune issues, there's no real you know, magic pill or course of antibiotics or something that you can take yeah. and it just disappears. It's something that often people will deal with for a lifetime. And so I was always on the lookout for things that might be able to help him. And it was through my research that I came across the one and only Wim Hof, who, at least in the breathwork world, is probably... Uh, you know, gaining the most attention and really spreading the possibilities of breath to the largest amount of people, which is so, so amazing. Yeah. If you're and listening to this and you're like, who's Wim Hof? Then you need to. <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> go on up. YouTube and there's yeah. a million and one videos of him, probably in his shorts, probably somewhere in the Arctic Circle. <laughs> and the shorts um, and the shorts may be closer to his um, <laughs> closer to his his armpits than his hips. But yeah, exactly. I love that. I love it. <laughs> it's, hey, it's it's his style, man. You know, the you can't rock, can't incredible. knock it. He is um, but, you know, if you haven't heard of Wim Hof, he's, he's known as the Iceman and he's famous because he has over 20 world records all related to cold exposure. And th so things like, you know, swimming under ice for the longest distance, sitting in a ice bath for a stupidly long amount of time. It's nearly summiting Everest, just wearing shorts and hiking boots and nothing else, you know, just quite a special human being. And it was through his own training and experience um, in these situations that he eventually created this method or technique, which he eventually called the Wim Hof method, um, that everyone can do as a daily practice. That's great just for general health and well-being. Uh, but what caught my attention was he was sharing how this practice seems to have really amazing results for people who have autoimmune problems mm. like MS. So I ended up traveling to Poland and uh, doing visiting... Um, this little tiny Polish village in the middle of winter and we were doing all the crazy stuff uh, that Wim Hof does. Um, we're swimming in the ice water, hiking around in the, in the snow in our pants, uh, <laughs> climb the tallest mountain in Poland, minus 19 degrees at the top, I think it was. And um, yeah, you know, really just having the most incredible experience of learning how to regulate the body through breath. And, you know, the cold stuff sounds amazing, but what really blew my mind was the dedicated breathwork sessions we would do where we every morning we'd go to the basement of this hotel and lie down and do these deep breathing techniques for 30 minutes 40 minutes and just have these absolutely incredible experiences and everyone was different some people would feel just incredible states of calm some people would feel these have these almost blissful or ecstatic moments some people had these cathartic moments of release of emotion and trauma you know and everything in between it was quite amazing and uh you know that was really what triggered my interest for the breath i just couldn't believe that by breathing in a certain way for you know just a few minutes you could access these incredible states and have these incredible healings and but anyway to cut a long story short I ended up bringing the techniques back to dad and he saw the photos of me rolling around in the snow and, you know, and uh, I told him all the stories and he thought, all right, maybe, maybe this is something interesting. I'll give it a go. So he started doing, well, the Wim Hof method itself is a daily practice of some form of cold exposure, whether it's a cold shower, you know, it can be as simple as ducking in a cold mm. shower for a couple of minutes. Um, and then a 10 to 15 minute breathing routine, really. Um, and just doing that as a daily practice. So we started to do that. 
changed his diet as well, which is very important. And from that moment onwards, the progression of his MS completely stopped in its tracks. So quite mm. a profound um, impact on my dad and our family. Yeah. And that really was the point where I just decided, you know what? Like there's got to be more to this. What else mm. are people doing with the breath? And uh, so it led me to travel around the world for about three and a half years, um, learning from all sorts of different people who approach the breath in different ways, whether they were breathwork masters, um, yogis, psychologists, university researchers, um, counselors, physiotherapists, elite athletic coaches, all, all sorts of different people um, who all use this great thing. It's why I call it the Swiss Army knife. They all use this one tool, the breath, but they all apply it slightly differently to create a different benefits. And now it's what I get to teach and I'm greatly honored to be able to do so. Uh, that's one of the questions I wanted to ask you, Richie, actually. There's obviously there's a lot of people, as you say, using breath work in, in different ways. What are the, the common traits? Like, is there something which kind of really pins it all together from a, from a principles perspective? And then, and then why, why, where do those differences start to come into play? And, and, and what is the sort of um, the methodology behind some of the, the key variations? I imagine this is sort of like you could almost group some of the, the general thought areas around breath work into sort of sections. Is that right? In terms of the correlations yeah. between them? Yeah, absolutely. Well, once you understand how your breathing affects your physiology, so that's what's happening inside of you. Um, then you can start to use it for all sorts of different reasons. And so, you know, you can use the breath very quickly in a moment in response to something that's happening in your life. So perhaps you're, like you said before, feeling stressed and you can breathe in a certain way to downregulate that stress mm. response. Um, or if you're feeling tired, you can breathe in a certain way to, you know, activate the sympathetic nervous system and start to get yourself more you know, for lack of a better word, better word, energized. Um, you know, you can use like my dad, use it to alter your immune response. Um, so perhaps there is, um, what you could kind of group it as a more dedicated breathwork practice. Sometimes I call it mind body breathwork where it's, you know, sitting or lying down and using the breath on purpose for 10, 15, 20 minutes or so to create some sort of physical, mental, emotional benefit for yourself. So these would be things like the um, yogic practices of pranayama or the Chinese medical styles of breathing and qigong or things like Wim Hof method, for example, just something that's good to do on a daily basis. Um, and then of course you have performance styles of breath work. So how can you breathe in certain ways to be able to increase your performance and, um, you know, Patrick, who you had on, you know, he's, mm. he's wonderful and one of the leading guys in that work. Um, there are, uh, what I would say, uh, ways of using the breath and also other techniques and things like stretching, for example, muscle activation and strengthening exercises in order just to uh, start to correct your breathing mechanic. Because for so many people, we walk around all day, every day, breathing in a way that is physically and emotionally not really serving us. So there are certain techniques and programs that you can go through to try and fix up or alter or optimize your breathing mechanic just day to day. And the final one I'd like to share is probably the one that I am most excited about. Um, and it's what I call integrative breathwork. And integrative breathwork, maybe if someone uh, is familiar with breathwork, they might have heard of styles like transformational breath, holotropic breathwork, biodynamic breathwork, um, 
rebirthing, all these guys, these are all different techniques or modalities or schools of a, bro a broader category I would call integrative breathwork. And this is how you can use the breath probably in a much more, uh, you could some, somewhat sometimes say intense or purposeful way to create altered states of consciousness where um, really extraordinary healing can occur. So some people call it uh, like talk therapy on steroids, right? Where you can really make some profound leaps and bounds in terms of your own um, uh, inner awareness, your own uh, personal development and evolution, just by breathing in a certain way. And that's because certain physiological changes that happen in the body and particularly in the brain allow for you to access the emotional systems or the emotional centers of the brain, um, the parts where we perhaps store certain uh, meanings and associations or traumas that don't actually serve us day to day that unconsciously are affecting us all the time. And you get to address those, clear those, um, understand them. And it can be really quite a profound experience. And I really think, you know, that style of breath work is something that could really make a big, big impact in this world. We had, um, uh, Scott Robinson is the, the brain guy on, uh, <laughs> which is obviously quite a uh, bunch uh, of guys coming yeah, on. The this, guys hey? is like, there's something there. <laughs> but the brain guy on the podcast uh, a few weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago. And, um, he was talking about this like super consciousness and this intuition, which he wasn't not from a um, not from a breathwork perspective, but it almost sounds like you're you're channeling into that same type of area to try and uh, I guess understand stuff about ourselves that we on the surface level aren't that aware of. Maybe just life and everything is just so busy that we we don't realise those things are going on. But there, there seems to be some yeah some commonalities there. Well, you know, they say that 95% of um, what drives our behavior day to day is completely unconscious. Mm. You know, you think you're in control of what you do and how you think, but 95% of it is unconscious. And most of what drives our behavior actually comes from an emotional basis. Quite often between the age, starting from the ages of uh, zero to six years old, those real formative years where the parts of our brain that act as filters to determine, um, you know, what's you, what's me and start to kind of create a level of independence though. Those filters aren't really there. So you're really just in a state of hypnosis the entire time and just absorbing, absorbing, absorbing meanings, rules and, and that sort of thing. So yeah, I mean, I, it sounds like it is very similar and there are all sorts of ways to be able to kind of get to that level of the unconscious mind. So in talk therapy, it can be quite tricky to get there because quite often it's quite a rational process of trying to follow the breadcrumbs to finding a point of origin of trauma or an understanding of where a meaning or association that you apply in your life started. Um, but I can tell you from my own experience in breath work, you know, the amount of, um, I suppose, things that have affected me that I didn't realize they did had, um, mm. you know, those are always the ones that are the, the biggest and, um, you wouldn't be able to get there if you, uh, were just trying to talk it out. So things like hypnotherapy, breath work, um, various somatic therapies as well. And there's a lot of talk these days as well around, um, psychedelic medicines, you know, all these different avenues are great ways to be able to access that part of us and hopefully, uh, experience some profound healing. I wanted to ask you, Richie, yeah, about... I wanted um, to, can I just... Oh, yeah, go on, on, Jack, go. You yeah. go, Tim. Uh, I, just, uh, I just wanted to 
back like not not necessarily backtrack but there was that uh, you mentioned like like two uh, or tim's question you know about the di different types and you know you said about how wim hoff is obviously like bringing breathwork to the forefront um with uh, his charismatic style and um you know doing some amazing stuff in that and, and then you mentioned um patrick mckeon from the auction advantage and they're like two you must get this question all the time where people they're both obviously like have elements of the the breathing techniques and it's uh, you know a question that comes up all the time. I'm really interested to hear your what your response would to it would be of like people ask like which one is better or which one should I do and or what's the difference between them? Um, what what's your sort of answer to that question? Oh my gosh, it's such a good question, and you're right, it does get they're asked so different, a lot, right? Because they're so different, and they actually preach different things. In fact, the opposite to each other. So Patrick is always talking about breathing just through the nose and generally as little as possible because the main problem that we have in society is that we overbreathe. Mm. that so many people are in a state of chronic hypercapnia, which is actually true, um, and there's statistics to prove it. Um, but then you have Wim Hof's technique, which is all about overbreathing. you know, take 30 big deep breaths and usually people will do it through the mouth. I think these days he just says it doesn't matter which hole you use. <laughs> um, but just, uh, just get it in. <laughs> just get it in one way or another. Um, but uh, but so you know on the surface you go, well, that seems like they're 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 in direct competition or in, um, yeah with each other. where actually, the truth is, is that they're both right because, again, I keep saying the breath is a Swiss army knife, but it really <laughs> is the best way to explain it is that there are certain ways to breathe for different moments and yeah. different moments in time and for different purposes and different outcomes. So what Patrick talks about, breathing through the nose and actually not needing to breathe as much in general is correct. We shouldn't always be taking giant deep breaths all the time. You know, there's, it's, there's a great benefit to breathing just through the nose all the time. However, is there a place for conscious, deeper, more aggressive perhaps, or even mouth breathing for short pockets of time on purpose to create a certain effect in the, and benefit in the body and in the mind? Absolutely. Mm. So they're actually both right, but it's just depending on the time, you know? Yeah. I think it's that's the thing that is, from, from my understanding, of the going, like understanding that they're, they're different things and they're trying to create, they're, do, they're doing it for different purposes, if you know what I mean. Like whims 30 over, you know, big, big, those big breaths. It's not saying do that all of the time, all day, every day. And it's not trying to, you know, like you say, change that sort of, um, uh, that over-breathing pattern and it's not trying to like change our mm. sort of biochemistry from the sort of carbon dioxide tolerance side of things. It's, and it's not trying to improve like the biomechanics of how you breathe. It's, it's for a different purpose. So even though that they're both breathing techniques, like you say, it's not a, it's not a one or the other, but I think people we're, we're so used to in life of just like, you see two things that, like, Oh, well, I'm, I'm going to choose to do one. To, I don't know if, why that seems to be the case, but then it's, yeah, people, we always want to know like, what's the best thing to do rather than going, yeah, choosing the right thing to do at the right time. And most importantly, as we say this in training all the time, like, just knowing why you're doing what you're doing. Um, and it's, it's the same in this respect. We talk about in training, like if you're going to do, you know, should I do, um, should I try and do more pull-ups in terms of number of reps or should I try and do, but do less, but with more uh, weight on me? And it's like, well, you can do both. It depends what you want. What's the outcome you're after? And, mm. and I think it comes down to this, that, that, those same principles. That's a, that's a, that's a great metaphor. You know, I, I sometimes think about um, when asked that kind of question, I always say, well, 
you know, sometimes we we go for a run and maybe we want to do maybe like some sprint training or something like that, right? So, you know, we do some sprints all the time. We know that's like some, you know, some shuttles or something and we know that's going to be useful for us, but then we don't sprint to the shops and then sprint <laughs> to the dry cleaners and then sprint home. And if you were to sprint everywhere all the time, it would do you some damage. And it goes, well, yeah, that's the exact same thing. We we use the breath in different ways um, to uh, to create different results. And like you said, it's the why to understand what is appropriate for when. And also, same thing as what you are saying before, when to know, like even the opposite, when to know not to do things or to mm. dial something back uh, is equally important. I think there's some really good points in there, Richard. And what we're keen to, to get your sort of advice on is if, because uh, like I, I think I saw a research paper and I can't remember exactly where it came from, but it was, you know, when they do these like top fitness trends of the next 12 months ahead. And I think breath work was, was maybe number one or was certainly in the top three. It's obviously rising to the forefront of our awareness of in, in health and well-being and performance. But as you said, there's going to be lots of people sort of interested in understanding more about it. And they'll, they'll, they'll then potentially go and find quite conflicting information. Where do, where do people start? If they're, if they're literally listening to this and going, right, okay, I understand that there's some benefits for me. Like what are the benefits of a breath hold type approach or a nasal breathing or a, is there some sort of groupings and where you go, if you want to get started in this, this is where you get on, this is how to get on board with starting to kind of reap some of the, the rewards of it. <laughs> I mean, this is the obvious place to plug my book um, <laughs> because because that was actually the Do exact it, <laughs> that was the exact reason uh, why I wrote that book. I, I actually didn't have much of an intention to write a book anytime soon, but I kept getting that exact question, Tim, of where do I start? I mean, this breathwork world is, at least in the West, quite new and there are so many different people doing different things and there appears to be conflicting information. I don't understand. And I suppose, you know, I, I saw my place in this to be quite unique because, you know, like you say, you have Patrick who is very well entrenched in, in his silo and does that very well. And then you have the integrative breathwork guys who do that therapy, therapeutic style of breathwork really, really well. And then you have, um, you know, the physiotherapists who are very good at looking at um, breath from a very, very anatomical perspective. Mm. And, and I just went, there's no one that's kind of piecing this together. And I'd spent, you know, the best part of four years meeting all these people and learning from all these people. So I thought, okay, um, there needs to be a starting point that can at least kind of paint a map of the territory of what's possible and what to use where. And so, so yeah, my book Exhale was my, my absolute best attempt at doing that. Um, and, uh, I think just because it is such a sort of new area, which is kind of hilarious, right? Because it's breathing, but we're saying it's this new thing. <laughs> um, have <laughs> you heard of it? It's called breathing. We're like, oh, we're going to do pull-ups. Yeah. Nose to nose for centuries. It's <laughs> 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 and I love you know I, I love movement stuff and calisthenics and like you know there's the the one of the big things these days is the primal workouts, right? It's like we're going to regress completely back to being animals and. Um, <laughs> And uh, it's a lot of fun, but it is funny how the basics seem to be, you know, really coming back to the forefront. You know, I'm not sure about you guys, but I absolutely love barefoot shoes and, you know, I find it hard to put on any other shoe these days. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I guess I would just, I mean, I'm 
as, as, as annoying as it is, I would probably just have to say that my book is a really good spot to start. Um, well, it sounds like you've done something and, really good yeah. there, Richie, because I actually got um, Dan Brulé's book a few years ago now on, on audiobook. Um, and it was, it was a time when I just it sort of popped up on my Audible recommendations and Tony Robbins had done the intro and I was like, okay, well, that's going to sound like a, a good place to start. And, and I got into it, but it started get, it got to a section where it had given a few basic techniques and it actually started talking off about the, about the Wim Hof method. And then as the book went on, it was like this technique and this technique and this technique, and they got more and more complicated. And to be honest, it switched me off because I was like, I, like, I need to just sit there and mm. see if I can do six breaths a minute like before I'm starting to worry about how complex mm. this is all getting. Um, and I, and the, uh, I, I kind of also felt that it was very much uh, interesting, but sort of uh, quite a lot of just sweeping statements and, and, um, and just thrown into sort of a general narrative about okay just breathe in, it's gonna be good but then here's all these these techniques which get more and more complicated so like i think where, where you're coming from where it sounds like would be a really good starting point just to, to break it down and understand what are we actually trying to achieve from these different techniques and methods that we can utilize so i think it sounds like a really good good starting point and tim i've got to say that uh i i completely forgot about that i remember you talking about that was that that was years ago like that was a good time ago like you were way before the uh Way before everyone else with the actual breathwork stuff. Yeah. I, forgot, I completely yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, You're a trendsetter, Tim. Well, yeah. I did, the, the thing is that, guys, to be honest, I didn't do anything with it. <laughs> so it was, it was a typical <laughs> book read. You did and something. Went, I, remember you tell, I remember you telling me, like, yeah, and then it was like you were trying to do it. I, I think at the time I was like, yeah, whatever. Well, <laughs> I, did, I, I, did, I did start playing around with the basics and, like, some real simple stuff of just trying to become more conscious of it and slowing it down. But then there was a, there's some text, techniques in the book, and I'm, I'm going to probably absolutely butcher this. But there was a bit where I had to imagine the breath all the way through my system, and I was, like, squeezing my bum hole and trying to breathe at the same time to connect the... <laughs> whatever it was mm. i don't know if that yeah. rings any bells of you richie but um i got to that point i'm like <laughs> yeah. i just need to try and slow this this thing down a bit and um yeah i've, I've actually got it as a half finished book uh, probably at some point we'll go and pick it back up again but um yeah you know head of the curve and then just no action that's typical <laughs> I, um, I was gonna say dan dan's a dan was one of my original teachers and he's a dear dear friend and um but and you're you're right though you know actually his book just breathe was one of the first books that kind of started to try and do paint that picture of what's out there you know rather than just being this is the breath for sports performance or this is the breath for you know etc it's well here is lots and lots and lots of different ways that it can be applied which is you know and that was the first book when people before i wrote mine where people were asking where should i start i would point them in that direction and it's still a great book but um but i agree with you you know it is, is <laughs> <laughs> mine is different um, hey, look i've i've got i've got yours in front of me i've read it um and i can uh, you know plug it mate because it's it's great and i can uh, i can i can say that having uh, having read it there was one thing in there um that i w did want to ask you about because i thought it's, i'd not come across it before where you um you know it's called exhale and the, the uh, we had um dana santas the ability maker um talking about the importance of the exhale from a movement perspective of this this uh, the importance of like being able to let the diaphragm go back to a relaxed position and the, the ribs being able to come in to facilitate that and, and all the benefits that they were getting from that. And there'd been a problem when people actually 
um, from a from a movement and restriction point of view around the hips when they don't allow the diaphragm to relax because mm. of the relationship it has with um, some of the hip flexors. And you you put I remember reading something in there around. Um, if you're perhaps a bit of, you like to control things in your life, a bit of a control freak, which I'm sure we all like to control things to some degree in our life, um, saying that then those those types of people, if that's a little bit of a personality trait, it can also be difficult for you to let go of your, um, let go of your exhales. Can you just sort of expand on that a bit? Because I think I've certainly experienced that in the past where I've just maintaining tension for, even when not trying to, if that makes mm. sense. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know the way that you breathe is a is a massive reflection of your internal state um, because it is so intimately linked to your nervous system. Mm. So you can actually, and I, I've stopped telling people this now, and but this is a podcast going out to a lot of people, but I, I can't go turn back. Um, you, you know, you can tell a <laughs> yeah, you can tell a lot about a person uh, by looking at their breath. Mm. Um, it's, and it's something that certain schools actually train is almost like a personality typing kind of system based off looking at certain aspects of the breath. You can infer some ideas about who they are, things that they've experienced, perhaps traumas and that sort of thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the, the phenomenon of always controlling your exhale. Well, naturally when we exhale, it should be a relaxed process. You know, it, it is a letting go process. You know, if you take a deep breath in, and then just relax all the muscles in your ribs and your diaphragm and your and your um and your torso that brought the, that air in in the first place. Um, the air just naturally expels out of you. It just naturally happens. If you mm. have a beautiful, responsive, flexible, mobile um, rib cage, then yeah, it just the air just gets expelled normally without you having to put in any effort. Um, but uh, people who perhaps have some level of tension in their nervous system, which usually from a behavioral trait means that they like to be in control all the time. They don't like the unknown. There has to be a level of certainty in their life all the time. Um, there can be a tendency to always want to control that exhale as well. So rather than just letting go, the nervous system doesn't really know how to do that so well. So even the exhale becomes a doing process. Um, and that's one of the reasons also why um, when you're stressed, you have a chronic, you have a tendency to be able to um, hyperventilate and go into that chronic hypercapnia state. Um, because if you are controlling your exhale, it usually means that you will be exhaling too much, mm. um, blowing out too much CO2 and, and throwing out your chemistry. So that is, yeah. And that's, um, yeah, it's a very, very common trait. And, you know, whenever I work with people in person, um, you know, one of the first things I'll look at is, can you relax your exhale? How easy is that for you? If it's easy, then you can kind of infer a few ideas about where the person is and where a session would need to go. Uh, but if it's tough for them, it also tells another story. Hmm. Can we get into a little bit of, um, to give some people some takeaways, Richie? I've, I've just got a couple of scenarios that I'd just be interested in, in getting your sort of um, advice on. So say, for example, someone's about to go and do a big presentation, they're going to go and do a speech in front of a room full of people, or they've got a, a big sort of event or, or occasion which they are going to be on the spotlight for. What is typically, or maybe maybe it probably depends on the type of person and the state that they're in prior to that, but are there any things which you could do, techniques, which will be real kind of simple, um, sort of uh, a little bit of a play to an advantage prior to an event like that? Yeah, well, I think 
what you mentioned around um, everyone is different is actually such an important point because everyone does have a, a different relationship to their breath. You can make some sort of sweeping generalizations based off physiology of let's say what slowing down an exhale looks like and how that affects mm -hmm. the nervous system. You, you know, that's generally pretty um, universal, but what it is important to note is that what works for one person might not work for another person. And if it doesn't work for that person, doesn't mean they're broken. You know, it, it just means that, you know, there, there might be something different that they have to do in order to get the same effect. Um, so all techniques that I ever suggest are always their suggestions and they're, they're opportunities to explore your own relationship with your breath. And I'm such a big proponent of people sort of making up their own because they'll find out what feels good for them or what creates an effect for them. Um, and then that's wonderful. They have something bespoke ready for them. So, um, but when it comes to general, general stress, nerves, and anxiety, uh, what will tend to happen for most people is as their fight or flight response increases, they start to use more of their secondary breathing muscles that aid uh, a faster ventilation uh, up in the neck, chest, and upper back and shoulders. And, um, and this results in, in um, yeah, a faster, more shallow breath, which is useful um, when you're you know, maybe back in uh, caveman and cavewoman days trying to fight off a bear or run away from a lion, you know, you need to breathe faster to, to, to serve your muscles and your cells to create the energy to survive. Um, but if, like you said, just about to go on stage and there's no real metabolic need for that extra breathing, well, then it doesn't really serve you. And in fact, it hinders you. So um, learning to slow down the breath is probably the first place I would start. And what I would share is a technique that's quite well known, um, especially for people who are interested in health, fitness, and general wellness as well. It's called box breathing. Um, and it's well known and it's well used because it's so simple. And it's uh, actually used in uh, American Special Forces. Uh, and for, for those guys, whenever they are probably jumping out of a plane or about to enter a firefight, they know how to use their breath um, in this way, using this technique in order to kind of get in the zone. So box breathing is very, very simple and easy, uh, breathing in and out through the nose. And it's called box breathing because there are four parts to the breath, like four sides to a square. So they're all equal in length. And it starts with an inhale slowly through the nose, followed by a pause of equal length, then exhaling slowly through the nose, and then another pause at the bottom. And you keep going around this square, inhale, pause, exhale, pause, inhale, pause, exhale, pause. And the length, a good place to start is around four seconds. So count in your head, one, two, three, four, at a slower rate than that. That's cheating a little bit. Um, <laughs> but if you can get to five seconds or even six seconds, if you like, um, that's a really, really good place to be. And repeating that pattern uh, for two to three minutes, if you can, certainly can be very, very helpful. One thing that I sometimes do just to sort of speed up the process, which might sound kind of weird, but it works very well for me. If I ever feel nervous and I catch myself going, oh, I'm definitely over breathing in this instant mm. is actually to do a breath halt to straight away. Cause that is the quickest way to be able to start to normalize the blood chemistry, that balance of carbon dioxide and oxygen in the blood. Um, so that you can, um, and then start doing the box breathing to have the effect on the nervous system. So that, that's a little tip there to throw in before your box breathing. Nice. 
Love it. Um, there's uh, there's probably two areas that I think would be um, nice to maybe and, and even potentially even like actually just go through and do do one with would be um, obviously a lot of the people listening to the po- to, to the podcast are engaged in, in training and um, the, those there's those two elements of like pre training and post training so like pre training. Um, you know, I can do something like have a coffee to try and as a bit of a like a bit of a stimulant to sort of get myself going for that session. But maybe it's the it's the afternoon and I don't want to have a caffeine hit in the afternoon. How could I use the breath um, to do that? And then the other side would be like post training where we're looking to create that sort of relaxation response to help uh, facilitate like rest, repair, recovery. Like, have you got a couple of things that we could potentially even try and do now with the, with the listeners to, to follow along to be able to go, here's a little bit of a, a boost up energizer type of th- uh, scenario before you train. And then what can we do sort of afterwards? Of course. Yeah. Well, so we'll do, we'll do two techniques. So one that helps to um, increase energy and then the other to, like you say, just downregulate the nervous system and move into that parasympathetic response mm. so that you're in a best place to be able to recover. Um, but what is kind of cool, and this is something that we've measured using EEG, HRV, um, is when you combine these two techniques together, so yeah. you do the energizing first and then do the relaxation afterwards, it creates a third um, uh, response or state. And I guess the best way to explain it or give it a label would be something like focus or a state of flow or a real just state yeah. of presence and being in the moment. Um, and, uh, so that's a really, really, this is so, this is quite cool. So we'll do the energizing breath first. And then that, that's something you can use pre-workout when you don't want to jump for that next espresso. Um, then you can do, we'll do the relaxation breath straight afterwards, which you can use by itself post-workout, but hopefully by the time you put those two together and complete this little sequence, um, you'll be feeling just really, really present, really, really in the zone, not too relaxed or not jittery or um, buzzy in any way, but just feeling really good and very present and focused. So it's kind of like a two, it's a three for two sort of scenario. (laughs) Yes. Buy one, go on three. Let's go for it. Yeah, let's do it. So what I'll do is I'll explain the relaxation um, technique first. um, And then then I'll explain the uh, the energizing technique and then we'll go into it. Yeah. So the relaxation technique is dead, dead simple. Something called coherence breathing researched out of a university in the States when they were trying to understand what is the ideal cadence of breath to maximize heart rate variability or HRV in the shortest time possible. And what they found was that a cadence of roughly five to six breaths per minute um, is the ideal cadence. So we're going to do, let's do six breaths per minute, which is a five second inhale, five second exhale. Yeah. And we'll do that all through the nose. And we'll, we'll do that for maybe a couple of minutes. Um, we will also then do, well, we'll do an energizing technique first. And, uh, I call this energizing technique, um, energizer bunny very <laughs> originally. Very, and the reason yeah. why is has because Jurisel, we... Has Jurisel been onto you for it, the copyright? <laughs> not yet. I'm expecting right? a letter Jur- in the mail any moment. <laughs> Have I got that wrong? Was that... It was, is that Jur- Energizer is that... Bunny, I think it is Jurisel, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. What's the other one? Yeah, I feel anyway. like there's a battery called Energizer, isn't there? Anyway, we're off topic on batteries. Slightly, yeah. <laughs> someone, someone can find out for us. Um, 
and uh, yeah, so how and the reason why I call it Energizer Bunny is because it involves three short, sharp inhales through the nose and um, at quite a quick succession. And when people do it for the first time, they sort of start to wiggle their nose around like a little bunny rabbit. It's really funny to watch. <laughs> um, so uh, what we're going to do is Energizer Bunny. So it's three inhales through the nose and a relaxed exhale through the mouth, almost like a sigh through the mouth. And it's quite a fast pace. And when you're doing the breaths in those inhales, you're just remember you're not exhaling in between them. So you're progressively filling up your lungs as you go up to three and then exhale, relax out. So I'm going to demonstrate it and yeah. uh, you'll be able to hear it and you'll get an idea. So it goes a little something like this. Does that make sense? Yeah, got it. Yeah, so it's a quite a fast nice. pace, yeah, and yeah. we're only going to do it for maybe 30 to 40 seconds, but it has quite a large effect quickly. So on that note, if you're listening to this and you're driving or operating any machinery <laughs> or anything like that, probably best not to do it right now. So maybe just, you know, save it for a little later and try it when you get home. I'm Definitely operating only... this big podcast, Mike. Is that all right? Uh, you'll get away with it. I think you're okay, yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and uh yeah uh and it's same thing with the relaxation one so um definitely only do this when you are in a safe place yeah so we have those two techniques just to reframe we have the relaxation technique five seconds in five seconds out all through the nose then the energizer bunny three inhales through the nose relaxed exhale out we're going to do them right one after the other and hopefully you'll be feeling pretty fab by the end of it. So are you ready to go? Yeah, I'm keen. Great. You hear me sniffing? So, uh, yeah, by all means. <laughs> um, and uh, so I, I'll lead you through it. I'll give you all the timings and the cues. So if you're following along now, I invite you, why not? Let's close our eyes and just relax for a moment. Cut out any of the distraction of the environment around us as we draw attention to our breath and whenever we're focusing on our breath and using our breath with purpose, it means that we are very much in the here and the now. It's like whenever you're consciously moving, whether it's doing a push up or a chin up or a planche, which I can't do, <laughs> um, you know, you, you're very much present, focusing, aware. And it's one of the reasons why people enjoy physical exercise so much. It's, it's a fantastic way to meditate in many ways where you are not in the future you're not in the past you're here right here and right now so we're going to do the exact same thing with the breath beginning with our energizer bunny so i invite you now to exhale out and we're going to begin so three inhales through the nose relax exhale through the mouth here we go and in 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 out nose 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 mouth nose 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 mouth in, 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 out, in, 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 out, and keep that going. So stay at that pace. Remember progressively filling up your lungs so that by the time you get to the third breath, your lungs are almost completely full. And that exhale is a nice relaxed, letting it go. And if you're feeling a little bit buzzy or lightheaded or spacey at this point, just know that's okay. It means that you are doing it correctly. It means that you are making changes and you're experiencing those ch changes as sensation. Because remember, sensation is the language of the body. So just a couple more. We're nearly there. Finishing the next breath you're on, relax out. 
And just to break it up, why don't we take a complete inhale in, fill up the lungs all the way up, 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 up. Hold the breath for a moment. Keep on holding. And in a moment, we're going to pop that bubble and relax with a big sigh out in three, two, one. Exhale, relax <sighs> out. Wonderful. And just notice what you feel in your body as you continue to keep your eyes closed. Maybe a sensation of buzzing, tingling, maybe feeling a little bit spacey. That's okay. That's exactly what's supposed to happen. It's perfectly safe. And what we're going to do now is we're going to ground that energy that we've just created with some coherence breathing, the relaxation practice that we shared earlier. In and out through the nose, five seconds each. So I invite you now to just exhale out and let's breathe together. And in, two, three, four, five. Out, two, three, four, five. In, two, three, four, five. Out, two, three, four, five. In, two, three, four, five. Out, two, three, four, five. In, two, three. Four, five, out, two, three, four, five, and continue yourself, breathing to the count in your head. And as you continue to breathe in that way and at that speed, I'm just going to talk a little bit. And if you can listen to me and still breathe in that way, great. If you really need to concentrate on the breath, then don't worry too much about listening to me. Because as you breathe like that, I just want to bring your awareness to a couple of things. And the first thing is that there tends to be um, a possibility for many people when they do this exercise that they might inhale a little too quickly. So they might inhale for the first three seconds or so, and then their lungs are full, so they hold their breath for the final two seconds to get to five, and then they exhale too quickly, maybe four seconds and they have to hold their breath for the final one second before they inhale again. The magic of this practice is that slow and smooth inflow and outflow of breath. So if you can really focus on just rationing the breath so that you are inhaling for the full five seconds and exhaling for the full five seconds... And if that feels absolutely impossible for you, then I would say go down to four seconds and try it there. And then eventually you'll get comfortable with that and you'll move back up to five. The other piece that I would share as well is that if let's say five seconds feels quite simple now, see if you can check whether you are on your inhale completely filling up your lungs. So if you are getting to the top of the inhale and your lungs are completely full and you're sort of straining to bring in breath, when you next inhale, can you see if you can maybe only fill up your lungs to 85 or 90%, but still inhale for the full five seconds? And it's the same with the exhale. If you're exhaling for the full five seconds and 
by the end you're squeezing your abdominal muscles trying to get in that fight get out that final bit of air see if you can make it so that you're not having to exhale fully because what you want to do is operate in this comfortable in-between mode where you're not completely filling yourself up and you're not completely emptying yourself because when you do that, you just bring in a little bit of excess tension through the muscles that doesn't really help to relax you. So make the breath really smooth and soft and delicate as you operate in this sort of middle range and you'll find what feels right for you. So last breath now, finish the next cycle and then you can just relax, breathe normally through the nose. With your eyes closed for just a few more moments, notice how your body feels. If you had to explain it in one or two words, or how would you explain it? What feels different? What feels new? What feels interesting? What feels strange? And whenever you feel ready, you can open your eyes and come back to the world of the senses. I feel good, man. I feel uh, peaceful, it'd be. I just do in one word, peaceful. Mm, lovely. Yeah, Richie, thanks, thanks for so that. much for that. That was great. Um, thanks for coming on and just sharing your your perspective on this. I think it's been great. Um, I'm a big fan of simplifying complexity, um, and I think you've done a really good job of that, it sounds like. And, and obviously, you've, um, if people want to find out more, they can go and um, get a copy of your book. Where else can they find find out more about you and engage in your, your content? Yeah, the uh, thebreathguy.com is my website. Um, has all sort of relevant, relevant links for things online that I'm doing. Um, and hopefully offline soon too, you know, I was so, so excited yeah. to get back to doing, uh, things, uh, in person again, there's, you know, obviously doing things online works so well, but there is something very special about getting people together and, and, uh, and breathing together. So, um, the breath uh, the breath guy on Instagram is really the only place on social that I'm active. Um, so feel free to check me out there, uh, where that's where I'll post a lot of stuff around events and things that I'm doing online. But uh, yeah, that's really about it at the moment, guys. Um, it's been so much fun. Thank you so much yeah. for having me. Awesome, Richie. We'll put all those links uh, to your Instagram, to the book, um, to uh, and your website. We'll put those in the show notes so people can click straight through to buy them. And just uh, and just an encouragement to people, if you haven't, uh, if you enjoyed that, and I'm, I'm sure you did, and if you feel peaceful as well, or however you feel like now, I'm sure you're feeling good. And if, uh, if you haven't checked out some of Richie's stuff, then I, we, we highly recommend heading over and checking him out, take a bit more of a deep dive into uh, The Breath Guy. I told you it was relaxing. Tell me, you're sat there in a in a nice, relaxed, chilled out state, thinking about breathing, being mindful of it, and, and enjoying the, the the knowledge and wisdom of Richie Bostock. I'm just enjoying the moment, Tim. Enjoying the moment, each breath. I, I don't. I didn't. I got nothing else to say other than other than I don't even know what I've got to say. I'm just like chilling. Yeah, well, you know what you need to do now, Jack, is you need to go and find some more The Guys on Instagram. I'm keen to see who you can, who you can was, rush up next. I was thinking about this, because you've got Tim versus Gravity. How about you You could have, like, the anti-gravity guy? You know? Yeah. 
Bearing know. in mind, I have just uh, created that account, but I will sell you the handle <laughs> for a small <laughs> it's fee. It's <laughs> good of you. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's sign off. And as a, just just again, if you, I hope I hope I didn't make a poor editorial decision by cutting out the breathing. If you do want that heavy breathing back, we can get another. It'll be it'll be only probably a matter of weeks until Jacko's read another breathing book, and we've got somebody else on about breathing, and we can just and we can make sure then that we have heavy breathing included. Yeah, well, we have got Patrick McKeon uh, coming in the future because he's he's got his his new book. But um, yeah, I actually haven't got any other new books on the go. I've got a few books that I need to reread. Do you ever do that? Go back and reread another book, an old book you've Probably not as often as I should. What I'm actually currently trying to do is read a book and then not move on to a new book too quickly. Spend time thinking and implementing what I've learned. Hey, it's here you go. This because this is a good point actually. I'm currently uh, and it's not working. I've got like three books that I'm reading. Um, yeah, that doesn't work for me. I've, no, I've tried that before. It's not great. But I've, one I've of, to one book. One of them is, and this might be the first time I get rejected. One of them is um, How to Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. Now, he is extremely big time, but in a, he's a lovely guy. But as in, he's like, I don't know whether he'll come on our podcast. Um, so we can try. And if people, most people I'm sure that listen to this will know who he is. And it's like, if we all send in messages at the set all together, just barrage him, he might then pick it up and, and, and notice us. So we might need a bit of a collective. Uh, and there's thousands of you listening to this podcast. Like, literally, if we all peppered him, who knows? We'll get Jay Shetty on. Is, is he the dot monk dot guy on Instagram? Or um, I think he's just Jay Shetty. Oh, okay. That's well, when you're, like, proper big time. Not even You don't even need official guy. after your name. You'd be no. like, like, yeah, that's okay. me. Right. He's got a cool story. You'd like that book. Perfect. Add it to my list. Right, let's get off the airways, Jacko. Yeah. Until next time, keep exploring your physical potential with movement, strength and play. Class dismissed.